Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? It's me, John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, back at it again. Woo-wee! I'm recording this. There's some time left in the Monday Night Football game. It's unwatchable. I don't even, I don't even know if I'm going to have a take for the game. I actually do have a take, but it's not necessarily about what happened on the field. We'll get into that in a second. A uh, lot going on. Paying the right quarterbacks. Goff, Dak, Cousins. We'll dive into all that. Teddy Bridgewater is the ultimate contingency plan for the Saints. It's working out pretty well, despite social media just crushing them. The Patriots and the Bills. Game was game was pretty uh, kind of a throwback to like the mid-80s, a physical defensive game. Brady struggled a little bit. I mean, the entire Patriot offense struggled, but Patriots just do what they do. They win. And then Matt Patricia, just borderline inexcusable with his timeouts at the end of the game, some thoughts there. And then I'll just kind of dive around I was thinking to myself, I, I sat around literally all day Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I, I barely moved. Ordered food a couple times, went to get food once. My physical activity for a 48-hour stretch was uh, was borderline embarrassing. Now, granted, I got to watch the games. I got to speak to the people. And I, I can't give my good takes if I don't watch the game. So I, I had to put in the time. Part of it, I was a little hungover. I went to Cal ASU. It was just a football frenzy. Started Friday night, started at Cal ASU, went to the game. Cal quarterback got knocked out. ASU Herm got a big win. And then I just consumed football, basically sun up till sundown. And still, up till Monday, watching this Monday Night Football game. Uh, and, and I'll talk, I'll just go over to everything I saw. And then we end all the podcasts. Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. Same as my Twitter handle. The DMs are always wide open. Slide right in, and I'll answer your question here. 
I, I don't have much to say about the Monday Night Football game. I, I, I really don't. Uh, the, the Bengals are terrible. Mason Rudolph looked a little more comfortable at home, clearly, than he did last week against the 49ers. Uh, I, I guess we'll learn more about this is kind of a big game this upcoming week, Steelers-Ravens. You know, I mean, can the Ravens, who I thought were good, kind of got their butt kicked the last two weeks. Are they good? I don't know. I, and Lamar Jackson back to earth. Can the Steelers make a little run here? You know, they, they can win some games at home. About to find out. But I, I'm pretty disappointed in this. Like, I, I've come to a, a breaking point with this Monday night broadcast. And, you know, certain things in life you just expect. I went to pick up some food earlier today at In-N-Out, actually like an hour ago. And when you go pick up food, just like when you go to the grocery store, you just assume the food's going to be clean, it's going to be healthy in the sense of you're not going to get food poisoning or anything, and 99.999% of the time you don't. But we just become accustomed. You don't even think twice about it. You just go order food and you eat it, right? You just get on an airplane, you just think everything's going to be fine. The occasional plane crashes, but 99.999% of the time, the plane's cool. You just become accustomed to it. Well, part of big broadcasts, you just think they're going to give, like the network is going to give you high effort. Right, You get Fox through their hat in the ring on Thursday Night Football. Well, what happens? You get Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. NBC, the biggest game of the night. Right, It's the highest rated game. You get Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Even CBS, afternoon game of the day. You get Tony Romo and Jim Nance. They're all big. They feel big. The broadcast crew feels big. You got guys that have been, like Buck's been doing it forever. Aikman's a superstar. You get Al Michaels, who's probably the most famous play-by-play guy ever. Collinsworth. Some people don't like them. I don't. I don't mind them. Uh, obviously, Nance and Romo are kind of the star-studded new group. Even though Nance has been doing it forever, but Tony's throwing his hat in the ring as this up-and-coming superstar, and he's got some media juice because he played in the the Safeway Open. If he would have made the cut, he would have got the day off. But you get what I'm saying. Like we expect big time. Like Major League Baseball playoffs are about to start. You know who's going to call them? You know who's going to call the games? Bob Costas, Joe Buck. You know they they don't roll out some random announcer from like Cincinnati, right? when the NBA playoffs happen, who calls the games? I don't know, Marv Albert? Kevin Harlem? Mike Breen? Like, we get the star crew. How do I watch this Monday Night Crew? And listen, I talk for a living. I attempted to do play-by-play one time in college. It's impossible. My partner on my other podcast, Guy Haberman, has done, he does Pac-12 games, he's done Golden State Warriors games, done Oakland A's game. It's really hard. He's really good. You know, it's it's difficult. I I have nothing but admiration for how good he's able to be at it. Just like all these other young guys, from Joe Davis, who's a star, to Dave Fleming in my area that can do them all. It's a difficult job to do. So I'm not even pretending that I could do it. Just like I I have no aspiration, and I would never even want to do it to be an analyst. That game that's really hard too. You see, because the majority of analysts over the years. There's a lot more crappy ones than there are good ones. I think we can all agree on that in all sports. But the crew that this Monday night that ESPN's rolling out is is officially an embarrassment. It's unwatchable. Joe Tessitore approaches all these games like it's Game 7 the Super Bowl. Like, bro, it's Monday Night Football. It's the NFL. Let the game breathe and just call the game. Not everything is the miracle on ice. Take a deep breath. And I, I, when I was at Fresno State in a GA, Joe Tessitore used to call the whack games. And he approached it with a fervor and an enthusiasm, as Jim Harbaugh would say, unknown to mankind. And it was cool. It'd be Fresno State, Boise State. Nevada, Boise State. You know, Boise, New Mexico. And he approached it like a Super Bowl. And everyone in the WAC conference appreciated it. The NFL is the NFL. The game speaks for itself. You know, just let the game play. 
And Booger McFarlane, he was at the SEC Network, immersed in it, because he's from the South, right? Went to LSU. I liked him on the SEC Network. But when you come, when you're not paying attention to the NFL, living, breathing, and sleeping it, I know when I worked in the NFL, I remember like a year in thinking, this is overwhelming. There is so much stuff going on, so many players in this league, so many coaches in this league. It is hard to keep a grasp on it. That's such a huge advantage, guys like Andy Reid, Tom Coughlin, Sean Payton, obviously Belichick, that have been in the league for years. Every single player that's come through the league, they've evaluated. Every single coach they've coached against. There's a huge advantage to just experience around the league, separate from playing, like thinking about it from a bird's eye view. And that's why John Gruden and John Madden, guys that have been great entertainers on Monday Night Football, were so good. One, just they're natural at it. And two, they've just been around the league a long time. They know what's going on. They know what's talking about a defensive coordinator, talking about a player, giving me some nugget, something. I get nothing. If anything, I just get angry watching this broadcast. This is Monday Night Football. As a kid that was born in the 80s and grew up in the 90s, back when we only had three or four channels, for you younger millennials that are listening to this, we used to just have NBC, CBS, Fox, and ABC. So when you got Monday Night Football on Monday, it was a big deal because you might have watched a couple games over the weekend. You got your local game. For me, it was the Niners. You got maybe a college football game over the weekend. This is before I even had cable. Because in my neighborhood, we didn't even get cable till we, my dad ordered DirecTV in like 2000. We never had cable. So I, I really valued games like Monday Night Football. It was a big deal in my home. Now, I understand where it's not as big a deal in the sense that we have so many games. But still, Monday Night Football, it's a standalone game on Monday. There are no football games. And we're getting like a F, uh, F might be short, you know, too mean, but a D plus crew. It's a joke. I mean, I get texts all the time from people in the NFL, my friends, DMs from you guys. It's terrible. It's just not good enough. You know, Clay Helton, who who lost over this uh, lost over the weekend to Washington, has given his heart and soul to USC. He has truly tried. But at the end of the day, it's USC. And their standard is to attempt to win national championships. So Clay Helton's tried really hard. That's great. But he's not good enough. It's a black and white you know, position. You either win or you lose. And Clay Helton loses a lot more than he wins, right? That's the great part about pro football. You just get judged as a coach on winning and losing. All the other fluff and the BS is meaningless. Like, it's a little harder to quantify who's good and who's bad. Obviously, the ratings will be decent because it's the NFL and people watch the NFL. But the broadcast is just an unbiased opinion. I, I, I don't have nothing to do with any network. People are always like, you work for Fox. No, I just do a podcast for Colin Coward on his podcast network. So I have nothing to do with any of them. But this ESPN broadcast, and I like a lot of ESPN broadcasts, but this specific one is unwatchable. And I have nothing but respect for the profession. I understand how difficult it is to talk for a living and definitely understand and and begin to comprehend how hard it is to call a game live and nothing but respect for the play-by-play guys and understand how difficult it is for the analyst and just know that this is a low-level operation. ESPN should be embarrassed and ashamed. And the NFL, who clearly is not high on ESPN because they keep giving them crappy games, has to just be like, what the hell is this? Really, what is going on? You shoving this down our face Monday night after Monday night, we just can't take it anymore. And I'm trying to be a more positive person you know, I'm not, I don't live in negativity. This is becoming uncharacteristic of this new light I've turned over as a positive man. But tonight, now the game was terrible, but it has nothing to do with the game. The game could have been great. 
And just hearing those two talk drive me nuts. Want me to, again, as a text I got from an NFL scouting buddy that said, this is so bad I'm going to have to mute the television and just turn on music. And I said, I agree. I'm going to do the same thing. And I did. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's dive into the quarterbacks. And let's dive into some starting quarterbacks that are being highly paid or about to be highly paid or that are underachieving. And I think you have to look at them all a little differently. The reality is in the NFL, if you have a young quarterback that you draft and then you win games, whether you win because of them, you know, kind of like they're doing with Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, or whether you kind of carry them and he plays a role in it, like a Goff, like a Dak, Remember, Russell Wilson's first several years were kind of like that, and we didn't know you have no choice. You were going to break them off 
at just an enormous rate. Just the going rate, it costs a premium, it, it is what it is. It, and you hope with a lot of these guys that they're going to improve. And, and I've kind of broken it into two guys. And we're going to dive it ultimately into Kirk Cousins. Is you want one of two things when you're giving him this 100 to $130 million. You want either an elite guy, like the Packers a couple years ago when they paid Aaron Rodgers. Like the Seattle Seahawks, was it this? I think it was this offseason, they paid Russell Wilson. Yeah, it was right before OTAs. And they know that that individual can carry their franchise to the playoffs consistently. You just know, this guy's one of the best in the league, in Rodgers' case, one of the best, probably second best or the best in franchise history. However you want to look at it, I'd lean far, but you catch my drift. And you just don't even really hesitate that much doing it. Now, it costs a lot, and you know your margin for error as they get older is a little smaller, but it just is what it is. Like, I got the Warriors right down the street. They didn't even flinch giving Steph Curry $200 million. Now, there are a lot of other players in the league getting $200 million, and they don't feel quite as good. But just like Matt Ryan got $100 million. Giving Matt Ryan $100 million and giving Aaron Rodgers $100 million feels a little different. Same with Russell Wilson. Those two run circles around Matty Ice. And as you see the outcome of it, it proves week in, week out. And then there's the other level of guys that you go, who can be really good. And I would put, whenever Mahomes gets paid, he's one of the unique younger guys that's probably going to have a resume like after four seasons that's just stupid. You're like, well, this guy's won two MVPs. Hell, by the end of this year, might have won a Super Bowl. It will be the easiest contract you'll ever do. But most of the young guys are Carson Wentz, you know, there's a lot of unknown because he's been hurt, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, you're like, how much is the team's really good, how much is him? I've always argued Carson Wentz, his upside is so high that it's easier to do. I think you struggle more with guys like Dak and Goff, though, when you have them in the building, you feel really good about it. You're like, this guy's a great guy, I'm about to invest $110 million guaranteed, I trust the human, I like being around him. I know if we build it around him correctly, it's going to be right. Now, the thing is, like Carson Wentz, he can elevate you. He can carry you, like Russell Wilson, like Rodgers, like we're seeing a little bit with Mahomes. They still have a really good team. But they can put you on their back and carry you to the promised land. And when I say the promised land, I'm not talking Super Bowl. I'm just talking get you into the playoffs, and then anything can happen. And I trust those guys in big games to have the talent to win. That doesn't mean you're always going to win. Brady doesn't win every single year. But they're going to give you a chance. And then there's this group of players like Dak, Goff, and even Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think Derek Carr a couple years ago. I think my voice just cracked. Where you go, these guys are good. They're really talented. But you're not quite, and you like them a lot. You love them in the building. You like their study habits. But you're not quite sure how much is them, right? It's like, well, is it the teammates? Is it them? But you really don't have a choice. So you kind of put your, you know, all your eggs in a basket. Well, if it's like Jared Goff, who we're seeing struggle a little bit, one of their big issues is Todd Gurley's not the same. And they made an enormous investment in Goff, but they also made a very, very strong investment in Todd Gurley. And if they would have not paid Todd Gurley, they would have a lot more money to mess with other positions. They also paid Brandon Cooks a premium. I'm not sure Brandon Cooks is a premium player, despite being traded for first-round picks back-to-back years. Is he a... double-digit million, got 10-plus million dollars a year guy. Uh, not for me. So they've invested poorly. Now, the Cowboys are a good example of Dak's going to get a stupid amount of money. He's a little like Jared Goff that needs good players around him. At this stage, 
I think hopefully you envision both guys one day taking a Russell Wilson jump. Now, I'm not saying that either guy will be as good as Russell, but improve so much over the next several years that they'll be able to carry a team midway through their second contract. Do you go, Dex, the difference between the Cowboys and the Rams is the Rams haven't, or I mean the Cowboys have not signed a Todd Gurley type deal. All the players they've signed are sweet. Jalen Smith, badass. Zeke, badass. All their offensive line, badasses. They haven't really missed. And Amari Cooper, a little like a better version of Brandon Cooks, also traded for a first-round pick. You're like, is he a true one? I think he's really good. I, the way I would describe Amari is an elite number two. In a perfect world, I'd want a number one. But I can, I can be an excellent team with just two Amari Coopers, right? But I can't just have, he's not Julio, he's not Hopkins, and then you can have a big drop-off. They, they're going to need Michael Gallup to be really good. So I think that becomes a little question, how much do I invest in Amari Cooper? Because the moment you pay Goff or you pay uh, Dak Prescott huge money, you have less margin for error about the guys around you. That's what I think makes the Minnesota Vikings so unique. If you had put Jared Goff or Dak on the Minnesota Vikings last year, I think it's safe to say they are a lock playoff team. We know that because we've seen the Rams and we've seen the Cowboys go to the playoffs with similar little rosters. Now, I don't know if those guys ever, once the rosters gets worse, you know, in time, as you have less money, they can carry you. I don't know that. But I know when you give them a top flight roster, they're worth it. So we have the elite guys, which are the Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons, Peyton in his prime, right? We know who those guys are. Then we have the guys that are kind of ascending, who we've seen them on a good team and we've seen them have success. There is unknown how they'll look as the team gets worse. We don't quite know, but you bet on the come when you like the guy. And then you have Kirk Cousins, who we've seen start in this league. This is going on a six year. The evidence is there. The resume is there. I never hold it against the player for signing a big contract when they're not worth that contract. It's America. Someone puts a contract in front of you, sign the deal, especially when the money's guaranteed in any industry. Take the cash. Smart move. If, if it's for just, you know, generational money. He was in a unique position, unlike all these other quarterbacks, that their teams would never in a million years let them hit free agency. And the Washington Redskins, for being arguably the most dysfunctional team in the NFL currently, they did do one thing right, is they did never sign this guy to a big deal. And the deals they offered him were kind of team-friendly. Because you know, at the end of the day, what we're learning about Kirk Cousins, he's a team-friendly type quarterback. When you invest the farm in him, and you have a championship-level team, He'll let you down at every turn, every single turn, because the more and more evidence that we learn about this guy, he's just not good enough. The Minnesota Vikings had this team that was locked and loaded, had a Super Bowl caliber roster. I don't think anyone would argue with me listening to this, whether you're a Patriots fan, whether you're a Chiefs fan, whatever team you like, their roster is top notch. It's in the mix, the top five or six teams in the league. They're loaded. They have an elite running back. They have elite wide receivers. They have a good head coach. They have talented defensive guys at every single level. And you sign Kirk Cousins to not... People forget, because we're now two years removed. He was coming to an NFC Championship team. So they signed him to get over the hump. And in the NFL, regular season games matter, especially against division rivals. And when you play the Chicago Bears, and they lose their starting quarterback early on in the game, and they're also missing multiple starters, you pay Kirk Cousins $28 million to swing that game. 
because he should be. You know, even the Bears have a ton of good players. The Vikings, I mean, he should have a major impact in that game. He did not. He didn't belong in that game. Adam Thielen, after the game, I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but basically to summarize what he said, we're not going to be able to run it down everyone's throat. CC teams like the Chicago Bears, we're not going to be able to run for a buck eighty against them. We might run for forty yards, like we did. We have to be able to hit deep passes. He's specifically talking about a pass where he beats the corner and he's open and Kirk Cousins overthrows him. Why? Because in big games, when all the chips are on the table and it's nut-cutting time, Kirk Cousins never completes that pass. So, Kirk Cousins didn't change, just the, the way we viewed him changed when he signed this historic contract. But he's the same player that he was in Washington, just a guy. And the differences in Washington, they were a terrible team. So we didn't see them in important games. Well, what happens when it comes to the Vikings? Every game they play, specifically against the Packers and the Bears, is going to be magnified. Because we view those in the National Football League as playoff games in the regular season. Because they dictate who's going to go out of that division. It's pretty clear the NFC North's really good. The Lions, hell, we'll get to them and Matt Patricia a little later, are not bad. The Bears' defense is dominant. Packers, pretty damn good team. Kirk Cousins was supposed to be the guy to get them over the hump. And anytime a quarterback ever just hits free agency when he's between the ages of 28 and 32 in this modern-day NFL, that should be the biggest red flag you should possibly have. In a league where teams are starved for quarterbacks, specifically good ones, top 15, top 12 guys, because if you have a top 12 guy and you build a good team, Cowboys, Rams, you're going to be in the mix. Everyone's crushing Jared Goff. Rams are 3-1. and one. They'll win 10-11 games at the end of the year. And Jared Goff, is he a $110 million quarterback? I, I've said over and over, I didn't like that number. I like probably more in the mid-80s. But it is what it is. It's the going rate for these guys. The, the teams, it's the one position where the player and his agent and his camp have some leverage. And they took care of him. But I do know if Jared Goff's just a round good player. Like, you think the Minnesota Vikings wouldn't rather have Jared Goff? I'll promise you this, he's going to hit Adam Thielen more times than not because we have seen him in those positions the last couple years with Sean McVay, with the talented team, and he's hit those guys. Kirk Cousins can't hit those guys. He gives Minnesota no chance. And I've been someone that was banging the drum that I thought Minnesota was really good. I thought if Cousins could just play under control, how are they not going to win 10-plus games and be in the playoffs? I don't feel that way anymore. He can't be good teams. He has no chance against good defenses. Well, who has good defenses? He's got to play... I don't even have their schedule in front of me right now, but I do know for a fact they play the Packers and they play the Bears four times. Are we looking at four L's right there? The Packers already beat them. The Bears already beat them. Why aren't those two teams going to beat them again? I, I, I I think the Minnesota Vikings are in major trouble. Problem is, it's not like, you know, in business, oh, it's a sunk cost, move on. You can't really. I mean, this is your quarterback. You're just kind of all in on this guy. You, you just, the ship's going to go down with him leading it. Or they're somehow going to, make me look like an idiot and just start rattling off some wins because there's no bench in this guy. You're in bed with this guy until the Titanic goes under. And right now the Titanic is doing skull chance and it's taking on some, it's taking on some water. The fans know it. The coaches know it. It's pretty clear. Now the players know it. You can't pay the wrong guy in the national football league when you have a really good team because it magnifies and looks way worse. The Vikings are in major trouble right now.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I'm a sucker for any sort of army... Navy SEAL, book, or movie. I I, I find them fascinating. I've been to the theaters like twice in the last five years. One of them was to see the Bradley Cooper American Sniper uh, movie. I just, you give me a movie like that, I'm in. You give me a book like that, I'm in. I I still believe uh, Lone Survivor by Marcus Luttrell 
the about the four guys. He was the one guy that survived in uh, Afghanistan. It's one of the best books I've ever read. I, I think I read it in under 48 hours. It was riveting. I think that's a good example of you got to have some contingency plans because sometimes things don't go right. And in that Lone Survivor movie, they were dropped in for, to carry out this mission. They ran into a farmer and they let him live and it cost him. And it cost three guys their lives. Now, there are contingency plans that you can't even be ready for. But I think a lot of times, like you're going to go in on Osama bin Laden, that mission, they had an idea of what the house looked like, but there still were unknowns, right? When they open up different doors, who was going to be there, how many guards in there, would Osama have a gun, would he fire back? You just don't know. So you have different contingency plans to make sure that you can get the mission finished. And I think... Coming into Teddy Bridgewater, I think some of this relates to that. Part of paying a backup quarterback $7 million when you have a Super Bowl-level team is to have a contingency plan. Now, if Drew Brees goes out for the season, you're probably screwed. But if you do get into a situation where he messes up his thumb and he's going to miss three, four, five, six games, can you win four out of six of them and just keep the ship above water? Because look how many teams in the NFL do not have a contingency plan and their starter goes down and they're screwed. If Matt Ryan went down, now the Falcons stink, and Matt Schaub had to play, they could not win a game. We've seen several times Aaron Rodgers' backup go down, they were done. They were done, right? A couple years ago, who had a contingency plan? The Eagles. They had this guy named Nick Foles. That was the best case scenario. They won a Super Bowl. But even if they hadn't won the Super Bowl, if they just would have lost in that first round of the playoffs, like he was good enough to compete. That's really all you can ask for, is your backup quarterback is a contingency plan. And I got a lot of people tweeting at me, Middlecoff, you get the same result for $600,000 from a rookie or second-year guy. Yeah, every once in a while you get a Gardner Minshew. For the most part, when you see an undrafted free agent or a six-rounder or whoever's the backup, even on a really good team, he's not only going to shit the bed, he's gonna. you're not going to be... Your, your your entire operation won't be functional with that guy in the game. Again, Gardner Minshew is much more of an outlier than something that we typically see. So what $7 million bought Sean Payton, the Saints, and even your, the fans now is a peace of mind. Because Drew Brees, who is 40 years old, if he did go down, it's pretty clear that this Saints team, since they won that Super Bowl, this is probably their best team, top to bottom. Defense, we saw... As I'm recording this last night, if you're listening to this Tuesday or Wednesday on Sunday Night Football, kind of took it to the Cowboys. They are really good on defense. What do they have on offense? They have a superstar running back in Alvin Kamara. They have, I don't know if he's a superstar, but he's a damn good player in Michael Thomas. They got a really good tight end in Jared Cook. They got weapons. If you just put a serviceable quarterback that knows what's going on, you can win games. What have they done in the last two weeks? Went on the road in Seattle, hosted the Cowboys, two playoff teams from last year, beat them both. Beat the breaks off Seattle and had a really, really impressive win against the Cowboys. And Teddy Bridgewater is getting destroyed when I open social media. He stinks. Well, you guys are looking at him the wrong way. You're looking at like Teddy Bridgewater, the former first round pick. He's not a starting quarterback anymore. Those days are over. He is a good backup. He is a backup that winning teams will want. Because if you put him on the field with a good team, you can function with him. That's all the Saints want. And they feel comfortable with, yeah, it's a little bit of an overpay, sure. 
But again, their head coach, who might be in the Hall of Fame one day, sleeps well at night. Their starting quarterback clearly is probably pretty comfortable around Teddy. Their team really likes the guy. And we've had a lot of backup quarterback talk in these last three years. Why isn't this guy in the league? Well, I don't know. Because there were some stories on a guy that continues to get talked about. And I'm not trying to go down the Colin Kaepernick road. But people forget. A lot of players on the team didn't like him that last year. Eric Reed did. A lot of other players didn't. Remember those stories? About how I'm putting on the headphones and him being just in a different world than the rest of his team? Like, that got remembered. Like, uh, that happened. I, I know people don't ever talk about that. I lived it. I, I live here in the Bay Area. Those stories happened every day. Like, that, that, well, that was happening. Even before the knee. It was ugly. So these guys really like Teddy Bridgewater. That, that matters when you're the backup quarterback. Do the guys like you? And then can they win with you? And he's starting to prove they can. Now, is it pretty? No. He doesn't have a great arm. His leg almost fell off. So he doesn't move around that well. But in this offense, with what Sean Payton's asking him to do and being able to game plan all week long, they can win games against really good teams. That win against the Cowboys was eye-opening. That, that was really, really impressive. But the reason they're in this position and this to me, I'm giving them a lot of credit, is they knew this offseason they needed a contingency plan. Because the older Drew Brees gets, like sometimes you're going to drop in for a mission and there's going to be a guy that you didn't think was there. Like Drew Brees didn't break an ankle this year. He didn't tear an ACL. He just threw a ball and his thumb hit Aaron Donald on the helmet. Kind of freak deal. Something that if you sat down with Sean Payton in the middle of the summer and you say, let's list 10 ways that Drew Brees could get hurt, you probably wouldn't have list that. You'd list, you know, he gets hurt his ankle, someone rolls into him, uh, he just, he's just old, maybe he just falls off a cliff, he's not good anymore, maybe he hurts his shoulder again. I mean, you would have listed a million things before you ever listed the, the way that it ended up going down. Well, actually, he's going to hurt his thumb, but it turns out he won't need surgery, or he will need surgery, he'll go to this guy in LA, it turns out he'll probably only be out four or five weeks, like, yeah, we definitely need to keep Teddy Bridgewater because remember, he almost went to the Miami Dolphins. The best thing Teddy Bridgewater ever did, the best thing he ever did was turn down the Miami Dolphins and stay with the New Orleans Saints. And he talked about it after the game, how winning means something to him. And last year as a backup, how cool it was to be around wins. Wins. And just win. There is something special about that. And I give him credit, and you often don't see this in the NBA very often, is not everyone's a star player. And one of the biggest reasons, I guess, maybe not the biggest reason, but some a separating factor which made the Warriors so special these last five years. They obviously had the star power, but they had two guys, their fifth and sixth man, that were former stars. One guy was, you know, a former on the Olympic team, a former max player as a, on multiple teams that were playoff teams, but he was never good enough to be the alpha. Turns out he wasn't even really a beta. He had to be like your fourth, fifth, or sixth best player. And he was old enough in Andre Iguodala. He came to grips with that. Sean Livingston, he just was perfectly typecast. He became a role player. And that separated the Warriors as they moved on. Well, the Saints, who at one point in time when Drew Brees went down in that Rams game, you start thinking, man, is this team going to screw their chance? Well, then boom, go up to Seattle, win. Host the Cowboys, win. You're like, God, is this team going to end up 12-4 and and miss Drew Brees for six games and not skip a beat? It's because they had a contingency plan. And... When everyone's crapping on, he's not a starting quarterback. He's the contingency plan. An expensive contingency plan, but worth every penny up until right now. Okay, let's dive into the Patriots. And first, I'm going to talk about the Patriots. Second, I'm going to talk about their former defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. 
And I, I just thought his end of the game was nuts. I, I thought it was crazy. Even though texting with a couple people in the NFL, they disagreed with me a little bit. But that's, you know, disagreement's okay. We'll start with the Patriots. And I think that the way in the NFL, and this is the great part about the sport, I, I say it all the time, there's a reason it runs circles around the other two sports in terms of popularity and just television ratings, which means the amount of attention they get is because every Sunday is really important. And yesterday, I mean, there were really two games, or maybe three games that I was really interested in. Ravens-Browns, Chiefs-Lions, and Bears-Vikings. And the Sunday night game, kind of. And the Sunday night game, too, so four. For the most part, though, kind of a dud weekend. But this game was kind of interesting, too. Bills-New England. Though, I thought New England would take care of business, because they always take care of business. But... If you play in a tight game on the road as a divisional game, that's okay. Like the the point, the great part about the NFL is you don't get any style points. This is not college football. A win's a win. This is not the NBA where when you're the Warriors, you should blow out the Suns or the Grizzlies, you know, or the Kings or whoever, I guess, in your division, right? In baseball, if you have, if you're the Yankees and you have the Orioles in your division and you play them, what, 19 times or 17, whatever it is, you should win 85 to 90% of those games. In football, if, if you go 5-1 and one in your division, even in the Patriots case where the division, the Dolphins are terrible, the Bills stink, and the Jets stink, they're probably going 6-0. and oh. But if they were to lose one, and typically they lose one a year, they're still 5-1. and one. So if they win, you know, that's six games. If they win eight of their other games, you're at 11 wins just off the bat. And usually they win like nine games and go 5-1 and one or 6-0, and oh, and boom, they're at 12 or 13 wins. So I watched the game, and my first takeaway is, one, the Bills' defense is really good because we know Brady, Brady's the GOAT. This Patriot pass defense is just stupid. Their, their DBs are making plays on the ball like they're Randy Moss or they're Terrell Owens. It, it really is just eye-opening to watch. But I have a, watching that game this morning, I was like, whoa, you know what? The Bills, Bills are for real. If they weren't playing the Patriots, they'd probably win this game. But one big problem, and I got into an argument a while back with someone on social media about, they're like, Middlecoff, you're being so harsh on Josh Allen. Stop calling him inaccurate. I said, no, because I don't box score scout. I watch the games. And there's a select few of humans left anymore that can just give educated opinions off watching. I don't need a box score to shape my opinion. I've been doing this my whole life. This isn't something I just do for fun. This is not a passion project. This is my life. So when I watch Josh Allen and I say he's inaccurate, it's because he's an inaccurate quarterback. You can be like, well, he threw for 64% against the Bengals. I don't care because I judge you off the big games or in situational football when you got to get the job done. And Josh Allen was horrendous yesterday. One of his big knocks was he's an inaccurate quarterback. Well, when you play the Patriots, even if you were, I think he was above 63% or whatever coming into the game, I don't care because this is a different animal. And what did he do yesterday? Threw three picks, two of them that were just jaw-droppingly bad. And inaccurate guys, when they start playing good teams, like, yeah, okay, you beat the Dolphins, or okay, you beat the Bengals. I don't even know if they play the Dolphins. But you beat the Jets. Woohoo! Sorry you party. You want, a, you want some uh, dozen cookies for that one? Let's see how you play against the Patriots. And I would have had nothing but respect if he just played well and they still lost. They were a big underdog, even at home. New England Patriots, defending champs, feels like they've won 10 Super Bowls the last 20 years. 
They are the cream of the crop. So you're not even expected to win. But if you play well, I can leave the game going, you know what, this Josh Allen guy, he's coming into his own. He's got a chance, right? Like you left the NFC Championship game going, good thing the Patriots got Mahomes now because if this guy gets better, you better watch out. And what are we all saying now? Well, there's only one guy that can be the Patriots. is Mahomes. Well, maybe Josh Allen could like in a couple years be on, like Josh Allen's a long, long way away. The, the Patriots took him to pound town. You know, if it wasn't for the 70-year-old legend in Frank Gore running his, you know, two little legs off, it wouldn't even have been close. And Brady threw a bad pick in the end. So Brady didn't play that well. But it's hard to play well. You're going into a hostile environment. Their defense is top-notch. Here's the other thing. I, I watched that game, and do you know what hit me? I get why the Patriots signed Antonio Brown. Because you know who they went to in multiple big spots yesterday? Philip Dorsett, who was clearly their best wide receiver yesterday. Because Julian Edelman has broken ribs or something's wrong with him, right? He played in the game because he's one of the toughest SOBs in league history. And as Brady would tell you, Jules ain't missing time. And he won't. I mean, he's he's a patriot through and through. That's why Bill likes him and why he's not going to Wally Pip him. Because he lo- he's a war daddy. But he was 60% max yesterday. Their first round pick is on injured reserve. It's hard to run against the Bills, so it's going to be a very pass-heavy game. Gronkowski's long gone. They just, you know, did I, Josh Gordon's been banged up. Like, they, they needed Antonio Brown. They didn't just do it like the rich got richer, because that's kind of what I thought. And then you watch him play, you're like, damn. We, now that Edelman's banged up and Gronk's not there, there, there are some holes in their passing game. You can't just throw it to uh, running backs every single play. They needed A.B., and just like they're going to need Nikhil Harry to get right, and they're going to need him to come back. Now, I'm not saying I, I'm not – you're stupid if you're in the business of writing this team off or they have a flaw. Sometimes, you know what Brady would tell you? Or Brian Belichick would tell you? We've had many teams over this last decade that were much more – our offense carried us the majority of the year. Remember some of those Patricia teams? And we're going to get into Patricia here in a second. Defense was awful. Didn't they lose a Super Bowl where Tom Brady threw for over 500 yards? Because their defense couldn't get a stop. They had no chance to get a stop against Nick Foles. Can you imagine if you put that defense with uh, the defense right now with that team? They, they wouldn't have lost a game. But that's just the way the NFL is. Ebbs and flows. Injuries happen. Defense is carrying them. There's nothing wrong with that. And a win's a win. That's an impressive win. You go on the road. It's Belichick. This defense is legit. And the big reason, it's not like they have some superstar pass rushers. It's their coverage unit is unstoppable. And Josh Allen, man, you can't just throw it up. This is, you are not playing uh, UC Davis here, buddy. You are not playing UNLV. This is not even the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the New England Patriots. You are better off taking sacks than throwing it up and throwing picks. You will lose every single time. I repeat, every single time. If you throw three picks against the Patriots on the road, at home or on a neutral site, you will lose 1 million percent of the time. He didn't play winning football yesterday. It's just that simple. The Bills defense, top-notch. Coaching staff, Sean McDermott, top-notch. Patriot team, pretty top-notch, even though a little flawed right now with the passing game. Josh Allen was this kind of the outlier of that game. Like, bro, what are you doing? Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. And then Matt Patricia. I texted a couple people in the league, and they thought that I was being a little harsh. But my takeaway is, just because you're a smart guy doesn't mean you do smart things, right? Not saying that Matt Patricia is a bad coach. Belichick believed in this guy for a long period of time. Though, the majority of the time he was a defensive coordinator, their defense is nowhere near as good as it's been the last couple years. But, I'll say this, watching the Detroit Lions this year, they look well coached. They look talented. Their offense is good. Matt Stafford's playing well. Kerryon Johnson, the running back they have from Auburn's playing well. They have a bunch of offensive weapons. Hawkinson's a really good player, even though he got a concussion yesterday. Their defense has been solid. Like, I'm impressed. But they were in a position to win the game yesterday or have a legitimate chance to win the game. They took the game, they took the lead late. Mahomes got the ball back down, down three points. Down three points with a couple minutes left. Drives them down to the field. 
The Chiefs have one timeout. Here's the sequence. They get a first down to the three-yard line with 30 seconds left. The Detroit Lions have three timeouts. The Chiefs have one timeout. Meaning, if you're at the three-yard line, this is not college, so the, the clock does not stop on a first down. Mahomes has to run up there at like the 13-yard line. You could run the ball right there, but if you're forced to use a timeout, you would need to be a little careful and then just take end zone shots from there on out because you have to make sure you're only down three, your kicker gets an opportunity to kick it. The Lions call a timeout. And if you want to tell me the defense is gas, whatever, okay, call the timeout. There's 30 seconds left. You might as well just let them score on the next play then and have two timeouts getting the ball back but you'd be down four, it'd still be really difficult. He then, Andy runs the ball, and he gets it to the one-yard line with 24 seconds left. Again, the Chiefs have one timeout remaining. He calls a timeout again. Here's what the Chiefs would have had to do if they did not call a timeout. They probably had two plays called in the huddle. So if they have two plays called in the huddle, the second play more than likely is not going to be another run. You're going to force their hand. Well, when did a situation somewhat like this happen? To the New England Patriots three years ago or four years ago against the Seattle Seahawks. Who was on the sideline then? Matt Patricia. I don't either let them score on the first play and then just take your shots with two timeouts trying to get down the field, which would still be really hard. Or just play some defense. I get your guys are gassed, but you might as well take a shot where you're kind of forcing their hand to pass the ball. You know they're only going to be able to run it once with calling back-to-back timeouts. Again, for this rocket scientist, if, if Matt Patricia took the Wonderlick score, he'd probably score a perfect 50 out of 50. The guy's really, really intellectually bright. I'm watching this guy coach. He did it last week against the Eagles when he had terrible clock management. He did it this game with the timeouts where he put the advantage back in the Chiefs' hands where they already have an advantage because they have an elite offense. At least kind of force their hand on the on the goal line where the, where the field, like the Chiefs really kill you, the 20, the 20 to 20, because their track speed, it's a little harder to use your track speed when you're at the one-yard line because you can only run 10 yards. The field is much more wider than it is long. So force their hand a little bit, force them to pass, because if they do run it, they'll probably have to use the timeout, and then they'll just have to kick, or they'll have to run back-to-back plays or spike the ball. It'll just be a little more chaotic. Where you call the timeouts, you enable them to take a deep breath, you allow Mahomes to go over the sideline, Talk to his head coach, which is also the play caller. You allow them to dictate the personnel they want in. There is no chaos. Well, what did Belichick see several years ago? Even if the Chiefs were not chaotic on the sideline, because that was a big reason, right? Bill Belichick did not call a timeout in the Super Bowl because he said he looked across and saw them chaos. Well, even if I look across and don't see chaos, there's just natural chaos given that the time is ticking. You only have the one timeout and you're down three. This is not a tie game. You're down three points. So they they do have to call multiple plays in the huddle. If they do run the ball and get stuffed, you have a good defensive line. Then you force their hand of throwing on the next down. Because if they run twice, they got to be very careful. You stuff them again. They're going to have to use the timeout and then they'll probably just have to do an end zone shot, then kick the field goal. You complicate matters. But when you call back-to-back timeouts, you enable them to be in the driver's seat. And that's what the Chiefs were because they ran it once after he called timeout with 30 seconds left, down to, I think, 24 seconds, got down to the one-yard line, calls timeout, boom, they just run it again and score. It's like, Patricia, what are you doing? 
it just it baffled me watching it live. And I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I wanted to see the Chiefs win. But and I, I couldn't believe he did it. Especially when he's a Belichick guy. He saw it firsthand. Even if they're again back, I don't even need to look over there. Even if they're not freaking out, there's a nature of just a freak out when time's against you. And you only it's not like if the Chiefs had unlimited timeouts, then it would not matter. Then I'd be like, I get it. But they didn't. They had one. And they had to make sure they had a chance to get a field goal off. And Patricia just kind of gave him a layup. Now, you can argue you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I get that. But if that's the, if that's the case, you might as well just let him score on the first play. You might as well just let him score and then take 27 seconds with two timeouts and attempt to you know, get into Hail Mary situation. It really was baffling. Matt Patricia, his team's pretty solid. They have a lot of talent. He almost cost him the Eagles game a couple weeks ago when the field goal got blocked. And he, I, I, I think he, he cost him this game with his timeout usage. Okay, well, Friday night I went to the Cal-Arizona State game. I got after it a little bit with some buddies. And that enabled me to literally do nothing. Now, nothing for me is I get paid to watch football. So Saturday, Sunday wasn't the most active run of my life. I, I didn't do much if anything. And I think, let's just go through all the things I saw. Really quick on Saturday, a couple things really stood out to me. The, the the passing offense for the Alabama Crimson Tide is just stupid. The NFL-level talent they have in their passing game with the wide receivers and the quarterback is 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 jaw-dropping. It's eye-opening. It's, it's elite. It, it really is. And Ohio State, I'm not the biggest Urban Meyer guy as a person. I, I just... To me, he might as well just be a politician. He says one thing, does another. But as a coach and as a recruiter, he's as good as we've ever seen. The talent on Ohio State right now is kind of like the Alabama passing game, is eye-opening. They beat the living you-know-what out of Nebraska. And I also think there's a reason football has three years and then you can go pro. Because I watched a lot of Adrian Martinez, the Nebraska quarterback, coming out of high school he's a Fresno guy he was a big-time recruit went to Nebraska then Scott Frost got the job I thought he was going to be like a better version of Marcus Mariota he's not any good he 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 didn't belong in that game with Ohio State Justin Fields the blue chipper ran circles around him that's what an NFL guy looks like Adrian Martinez and this is it's why we see so many busts in the NBA it's hard to determine how good a guy's going to be at 18 years old I mean, I, I do this for a living. I love watching this crap. And I thought, God, this guy's going to be awesome. And he's just not. I thought the same thing about JT Daniels and went to USC. Clay Helton's done. Like, it's over. You know, it's, it's inevitable now. Now, I get a lot of questions. Who's going to be the next coach at USC? I don't know. But it's, it's, it's cash money for him. He's just riding out this season. They're going to lose more games. They're, they're not very good. They're just not very good. And it's, it's sad to see that USC's fallen. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think Chip's stealing right now from UCLA. They lost Arizona, but I don't even think he tries. He's so stubborn in his offense. He doesn't like recruiting. I do respect Clay. I think he's trying. He recruits his ass off. I mean, he attempts to land players. Yeah, I think he, he spends the night in his office. He's given everything he has. Now, at the highest level of any business, sometimes the best you have just is not good enough. And I think that's the case with Clay Helton. It's just not good enough. But I do respect his effort, unlike Chip, who's mailing it in. Who's one and four and who's not going to make a bowl game in back-to-back years at UCLA? The guy's not at Cal Poly here. You know, he's not at Nevada. He's at UCLA. He's getting, I mean, lost to Arizona. That's a bad loss. 
Washington, I, I think right now, Washington and Utah are the clear two best teams out west. Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley's a stud. I, he made it, what I just watched, 10 minutes of Oklahoma, he made Jalen Hurts look like Aaron Rodgers. Guys, a, God, I mean, Oklahoma. It, it's There are six or seven teams. Like I, the one, This is the first time in a while where some really, really good teams, this could be tournament on the field with Penn State, with Georgia, with LSU, with Bama, with Auburn, with Clemson, with Ohio State, maybe Wisconsin. There's, there are going to be some really good teams that get left out of this playoffs. I, I think there are eight to nine teams that could win the national championship. I'd go Bama, in no particular order, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Auburn, who looks awesome, LSU, Georgia, Oklahoma. That's that's seven. That's a pretty damn good seven. You could probably throw Penn State in there. Not quite sure about them and Wisconsin. So there's some really, really good teams. Uh, college football is just. I'm an NFL guy. I, I, I love college football. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna fire through some of these games that I haven't touched on. Titans, Falcons. Titans are what they are. Probably eight, nine wins. Blue collar. Win a couple games. Lose a couple games. Be right around 500. Solid operation. Mariota kind of holds them back. Falcons are a disaster. An absolute dumpster fire. I don't know if you've seen that video of go, that went viral of the fan screaming at the players. Of course, some of the media people are like, this is over the line. BS. That's what the fans are saying. That's what everyone in the media was tweeting. This guy's just speaking speaking real words. Falcons are an embarrassment. Uh, I've used the stat on here before. He was the first head coach to fire all three coordinators and keep his job since 1989. That's as big of a red flag as you're ever going to see. It's been 30 years since a guy didn't get fired and was able to fire all three coordinators. Of course, it's a dumpster fire. I'd say the biggest shock of the weekend was the Raiders beat down the Colts. They destroyed the Colts. Outplayed them, start to finish. Uh, the Colts were missing some players. T.Y. was out. Darius Leonard was out. But it was a beatdown. It, it really was. The, the score is not indicative of the game. It was a two-score game. Final score was 31-24. But it, it was, you watched the game start to finish. It was a two-score game. Now, were the Colts already overlooking them? I, I don't know. You know, the game, it's kind of a trap game. They got the Chiefs Sunday night coming up. Maybe. I don't know if the Colts are quite good enough to be overlooking teams, but they got beat down. That was shocking. You know, that, that was shocking. Someone that follows the Raiders for a living, I would have said, no, the Raiders have no chance. I don't care if T.Y. is in a suite or on the field. It doesn't matter. They're not going to win. And they, they, they played their best game of the season. Might be the best game they played this year. Now the Raiders are going to get a little bit of a wake-up call playing the Bears now on the road. Like it's in London. A little different animal. Chargers, Dolphins, no thoughts. I mean, the Dolphins, you don't deserve to be talked about. When you actively tank, you get beat by 20-plus points every week. I even thought the point spread was a little small this week. It was like 16.5 last time I saw it. They got beat by 20. I Just the Dolphins are an embarrassment. I, they, I refuse to even give them my takes. Redskins Giants, I'll be the first one to admit I did not watch one snap of this game. Under no circumstances would you get John Middlecoff's time on a Sunday morning watching this game. Now granted, I didn't I wasn't going to like watch it on my iPad. I know Danny Dimes threw a couple picks. The Redskins, you know, the uh, Kevin Clark had one of the tweets of the year. Like just realize the Miami Dolphins are actively trying to lose. The 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 Washington Redskins are not attempting to do this. They are trying to win games. And they're in major trouble. I mean, Josh Norman shot. Uh, Case Keenum stinks. You put in Dwayne Haskins, he's got no shot. Uh, not not on this team anyways. 
somehow the Giants are two and two. <laughs> Their defense. When you play the Giants, and who have one of the worst defenses we've ever seen, and can only manage to score three points. You know, I know some of the stories were coming out that Jay Gruden was going to be relieved of his duties. I think Jay Gruden will be so happy the moment they tell him to go home. I think it'll be the best thing that ever happens to him is when they fire him. I'd say the second most shocking outcome of the weekend, beside Colts Raiders, was not just the Browns winning, because the Browns do have good players. They kicked the crap out of the Ravens. And ride Nick Chubb, he's a star. Baker was much more under control. Every time I've watched the Browns, Steve Wilkes has done a really good job. You know, we saw two head coaches get fired last year, and then they become defensive coordinators, Steve Wilkes and Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph has no shot. The Arizona Cardinals defense is awful. Steve Wilkes' defense is pretty good. They tackle well in space. They, they've been impressive. Run the ball, play defense. That's kind of the formula. Listen, I, I'm rooting for this guy. I root for high-character players, even if I don't like them. But Lamar Jackson's come back to earth. And Lamar Jackson was not good in that game. You, you just missing open guys. Just kind of the knock on him coming out. That, that was... It's one thing to lose divisional opponent on the road. It's another thing to kind of get worked. And it was 40-25, to 25 and the Ravens scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. So kind of like last week against the Chiefs, the, the score is not indicative of the, of the game. This was pretty kind of shocking. Kyle Allen's now 2-0. and It's something we need to keep an eye on. Ron Rivera ain't going down easy. And this is why Cam sucking was such a big deal. This is not three or four years ago. This team have, has weapons. McCaffrey is probably right up there with Alvin Kamara and Zeke as the best three running backs in the NFL. Uh, DJ Moore's a stud. Greg Olson can still play. Samuel's a good player. Luke Keekley's still making plays. Rivera and his coaching staff are solid. But to score 10 points against the Panthers at home, you know, I, I know there was the clip of Deshaun Watson staying after and working with the quarterback coach. I like Deshaun Watson. To me, that's a little too, like, for social media type move. But, you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, it's what kids do these days. Uh, but, you know, come on, man. Uh, Texans, just kind of a weird team. I don't really know what to make of them. Like, the Texans and Panthers are both 2-2, two and two, but I don't know. I, I, I don't even know what to say about those two teams. Like, are the Panthers really going to keep winning with their backup quarterback? Are the Texans really going to lose to teams, like, led by Kyle Allen? Seahawks-Cardinals, I, I can't say anyone's shocked. The Cardinals are a disaster. You know, they're lucky they tied that opening week because I don't see how they're going to win many games. Their quarterback, to me, is the least of their worries. Kyler Murray runs around. He makes some plays. Yesterday, he was 22 with 32, 240 yards. Uh, he added another 27 on the ground, had a rushing touchdown. Like, he's not that big of a disaster. They can't cover anybody. And just Cliff Kingsbury, just when he's a head coach, they don't win very often. It's just that simple. And Russell Wilson, when I watch the Seahawks, they're a little like an NBA team. They have a star player in Russell Wilson. They have some other good role players like Clowney, Bobby Wagner. I mean, those guys are better role players, but you know what I mean. And they just, they got three or four impact players. The rest of their roster is pretty random, and they just win. When it's all when the dust settles, they'll have be 10-6. and six, or They'll be 11-5, and because that's just what Seattle does. Big big Thursday night game, Seattle hosting the Rams. That's, that's actually a fan. We've had great back-to-back Thursday night games. Vikings-Bears touched on that. I mean, Kirk Cousins, go away. Gardner Minshew, there's something special about the guy. Uh, he, he was, I watched just about every snap of the Broncos-Jaguars, and they were getting their butt kicked in the first half. And Gardner Minshew, man, he just makes plays in the second half. Leonard Fournette, I think some people talk about him like he's a scrub. And I was texting with a buddy in the NFL yesterday. I said, if, Gar- if Leonard Fournette had been the 29th pick or the 34th pick, I think we'd be like, this guy's a pretty solid player. And say he was the fourth overall pick. So when you're that high, you expect 
Zeke Elliott. You expect Adrian Peterson, you know, Marshawn Lynch, a, a superstar. And I don't think he's that, but he's pretty damn good. And you saw yesterday, he's got good moves in the open field. He runs hard for a big back. He can break tackles. He gets north and south. Like, he's not some wuss who tiptoes. You know, we used to call him... Uh, Brandon Jacobs, after they won a Super Bowl with the Giants when I was in Philly, the tiptoe burglar, he didn't want any of the contact. That's not Leonard Fournette is lowering his shoulder and hitting folks. So that's an impressive win for the Jaguars, who I've been saying, my two teams that I am not quite right enough are the Jaguars and the Buccaneers. The Jaguars this weekend go go to Carolina. You don't think they can win against Carolina? Short little trip. Then they get the Saints. Then they get the Bengals, Jets. So they could be three and two, three and three. I mean, they could be five and three. You'll look up. The Jaguars could be five and three. I'm telling you, them and the Buccaneers. Them and the Buccaneers, baby. Okay, let's fire off some questions. Uh, With technology always advancing to providing viewers with a more interactive experience in sports, catcher came in baseball, for example, how long until we get a POV, like that word, POV, camera feed from the quarterback position in football? Will we ever? I would say probably not for a while just because, I mean, business is so good for the NFL. Ratings are so high. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think part of the, the camera angle is you're able to see most of what's going on. Now, it would be pretty cool. I would I would say never say never. You know, I don't know if many people listening have ever tried the Oculus. I know there are multiple, you know, virtual reality. That's the only one I've ever tried. They're pretty cool. They're actually really cool. I've actually looked at them on Stanford's campus. They have them for the quarterbacks. I, I just maybe that'll change once VR becomes a bigger deal in our life, which still might be years away, but it's coming. I mean, one day. So I, I would say when virtual reality becomes a big, is there a chance when I'm about to be 35, when I'm like 55, and you know I'm sitting there with my kids and we're watching football and we don't even sit there and watch football together. We all just have on our Oculuses or whatever the VR is, and we're just watching. You know, Tom Brady's probably 60 still playing against, you know, 40-year-old Mahomes. Is that what we're watching? Maybe. Browns fan currently living in Washington, D.C. Coming out to the Bay Area for Monday Night Football game in two weeks. Any advices on plays to go before the game at Levi Stadium? Praying to God Baker can figure it out this weekend. Well, he did. Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I live about an hour north you know, if you're staying in the city, go to the city. I, I'm not too well-versed on the Santa Clara area. If I were you and you're staying down there, I'd shoot up to Palo Alto where Stanford's campus is. Have dinner somewhere on Stanford's campus. Just Google some nice restaurants. Uh, I, I, you know you know what's crazy? And I think LA's probably a little bit like this. I've only lived in a couple big cities in my life. I grew up around Sacramento and Davis. And we come to the Bay Area a lot, but we just go to the city. My, my grandparents lived kind of by Cal Berkeley's campus. Once now the, the traffic is so bad, I think LA is like this on a much, much bigger level. But like, I only go to Santa Clara, one, for football reasons, and two, only if it works for my schedule and I can avoid traffic. Because if you go, I know a lot of people that like live where I live, and I live 20 minutes away from the city, kind of, you know, 10 minutes north of Oakland on the east side. We call that the East Bay. If you go at the wrong time, it could take me two hours to get to Santa Clara, even though I live 45 minutes away, and then two and a half hours back. So I'll be honest, I just go kind of to Levi Stadium. That's the only reason I've ever gone down there. Like if I if I met some beautiful girl that lived in San Jose, I don't even think it'd be possible to date. I mean, it's, seriously, we would never see each other. 
because I ain't driving down there. I wouldn't want her to, well, I wouldn't mind her driving up here, but, uh, let's see. Last few years, we have seen NFL teams try to hire young offensive-minded head coaches, Shanahan, McVay, and more. Although when I look at the best offenses and defensive total yards after three weeks, many of these offensive savants have a better ranked defense than offense. Can you explain this phenomenon? Teams I've talked about. Rams, 16th offense, 3rd D. Packers, 22nd offense, 13th D. Chicago, 29th, 8th. Cleveland, 25th, 10th. I don't, you, you equated this on yards, total yards. I don't put, I'll be honest, total yards are pretty meaningless. You know, I, I, I judge defenses on points, on third down percentage. I, I don't think yards means that much anymore. Like, for example, the Ravens the last couple of years have put on, or I mean the last couple of weeks have put on a bunch of hollow yards late in the game. A couple of weeks ago, Russell Wilson and the C- Seattle threw a bunch of hollow yards against the Saints. To me, yards don't mean that much. I, I look much more at scoring defense. Uh, I-, I also think it's just usually just any time in football history, defenses are usually ahead of the offense. Now that these starting quarterbacks don't play in the preseason, I, I think this month of September is a little preseason-ish. You know, it's just it's hard to get uh, – it's hard to get the timing down when you don't practice. This is, it's not baseball, you know, or basketball where you just get to play four or five, seven nights a week. You just get to play once a week. And in football, you don't get to, all the off season. Like in, in, in the NBA, these guys can off season play pickup games. Obviously, it's not the same speed as an NBA game, but you're getting a legit run. Like there's no run in football. You just work out. Now you have OTAs, but you're in helmets and shorts and t shirts. The, the main part of the game is tackling, right? Throwing, catching, and tackling. Well, you can't tackle when you're just in shorts and a t-shirt. So it's, it's difficult. Digging the opening riffs. What's the name of the time? I don't really know what that means. If you mean the opening song, it's just some song that someone created. I might You might be asking about something completely different. Maybe I just don't quite know what you're saying. Betting advice. I love the round robin. Take a four or five team parlay and bet each combination of each parlay. It's a no-brainer. Well, we all want to win three of five. It accelerates your winning. Staggering better amounts equal greater payouts. Before you discuss on the podcast, I'll show you. Well, I guess I wasn't supposed to discuss. Take four games you love. $50 straight up on all four lines. Then round robin. 30 on the two-game parlays, 20 on the three-game parlays, and 20 on the four-game parlays. Sounds fascinating. I might have to, it might be a little over my head. I don't even think I just followed that. I'm not even sure what that meant, but did you just figure out Vegas? (laughs) I might have to read that again because it just sounded like you just figured out Vegas. The problem with parlays is I've hit maybe five big ones in my life and I've lost, like most people, thousands. Then it seems a lot easier than it actually is. Why hasn't Shaq Barrett gotten any love yet? He has been the best defensive player so far. Barely gets a mention at all. If he was on the Cowboys, yeah, I mean, the reality is, like, I love this statement, and we use a statement all the time. If he was on the Cowboys, if if this dude was on the Yankees, if this guy played for the Warriors, like, yeah, I mean, if they played for those teams, we would talk about him more. Like, if you're a wide receiver and no one's talking about you, and you're like, well, if that guy caught balls from Mahomes or Rodgers, well, yeah, that's part of the deal. If you're playing in Buffalo, we ain't talking about you. This is all a numbers game. Like, who do I talk about? I try to talk about big markets. I try to take a kind of a cue from Colin slash with things I'm fired up about. But if I just 
every day, and this is not a shot at the Bills. I like Sean McDermott. If I just talk Bills, I also like the Jaguars. Flip's my guy, and I love Gardner Manchu. I'm just using an example here. And I'm showing you, like, I, I don't just follow the numbers. Because if I just wanted to do, quote-unquote, the biggest number podcast, I would just talk about the Patriots, Cowboys, Packers, and Eagles. I mean, those would be the only... And I still talk. I try to make an emphasis to talk about it. But I'll talk about whatever. I like Gardner Minshew. I'll talk about Gardner Minshew. Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings, I'll talk about it. But there's a reason that guys like Shaq Barrett, you play in Tampa Bay, we're not really talking about you. But it's the NFL. We still will mention you. He's had an incredible start to the season. But the reality is that more people are going to talk about Khalil Mack because his season's been pretty damn good too. And he plays for the freaking Chicago Bears. So it's just, I get it. Listen, I, I grew up in Davis, California. I rooted for the Sacramento Kings for a long time. All we wanted was respect. And I understand, and I'm not really a Kings fan anymore. I actually like the Warriors now more. But I get why, you know, people talk about the Lakers more. I even get now looking back when Tim Donahue, who I read his book, is actually a great read from Philly. I spent a lot of time at that Marriott where he got arrested in and used to meet with the mob. I get why the NBA, because it used to be piss everyone off in Sacramento. Why would the NBA want the Lakers? It just drove all of us nuts. And now that I do this for a living, of course I know why the NBA wanted the Lakers. I would too. I'd want Shaq Kobe in the finals. I might have rigged the deal as well if I was David Stern. I don't blame them. Though they claimed it was a rogue official, I'm going to claim BS on that, but I understand it. We talk about the big markets because this is all a numbers game, and there are more people in the big markets. So if you talk about the 49ers and the Cowboys and the Eagles, more people are going to listen than if you talk about the Arizona Cardinals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's just simple mathematics. That doesn't mean I don't like talking about a lot of those teams, because I do. I, I watch all teams in all sports, but I, I've grown to like Alabama and Ohio State. They're just better. I've grown to like and be interested when the Cowboys are good, because when they are good, they are more interesting just because more people care. But if Shaq Barrett keeps playing like this, regardless of how many people talk about Tampa Bay every day, he will win the Defensive Player of the Year if he ends with like 25 sacks. I promise you that. He will get his recognition. Why don't broadcasts show more of the announcer player entrances? Usually super high energy and cool to watch. I think it's just a time crunch. You only have so much time. And the, the reason that broadcasts were able to watch them, right, is because of advertisements. So they have to get advertisers in. That's the, re, that's the way they pay for everything. You know, a lot of these broadcasters ain't making 50 grand here. So you got to pay these guys a lot of money. What's up, John? Big fan. And I have a Big 12 question for you. Why are the defenses in general so sloppy and not filled with equal talent compared to the team's offenses? Is it because most teams have offensive-minded guys? Riley, Gundy, Campbell being the first to come to mind? Thanks a bunch. That's a good question. I've had Drew Hill, who's in charge of Oklahoma's recruiting on here before. I don't even know if we ask him that question. I think I've talked with him before about it and just read a lot about the Big 12. I think you're starting to see this in the NFL. You build your personnel to who you're going to play. So if you're in the NFL, you do kind of try to focus on who you have to beat in your division. Now for like the Patriots, I don't know. They're just focused on the playoffs. Like, are they really waking up, sleeping about the Jets and the Dolphins? But you try to focus on like if Von Miller's in your division and Melvin Ingram's in your division and Frank Clark's in your division, you got to get tackles. So Gruden got some tackles, right? In in college football, if you're in the Big Twelve, they're all running spread offenses. So you can't have a bunch of two down mics and a bunch of nose tackles. You need to get smaller 
quicker guys to cover and play sideline to sideline. And I think the NFL has been similar to that. Look at a lot of the defensive players that have been drafted non-DBs these last couple years. The linebackers are smaller and quicker. A lot more just speed pass rushers. The game's changed. If you were playing Alabama and you were at Oklahoma, let's say you Oklahoma moved to the SEC. And they put them in the SEC West. Them and let's just, this hypothetical, them and Ole Miss switch spots. Well, Ole Miss would have to change the way they recruited on defense differently than if they were playing Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, Texas. I think you just build it in college football to who you're going to play. And I, I see it out here on the West Coast. Herm Edwards, the uh, Utah, uh, Cal, they're building teams kind of like Stanford has built for the last 10 years. Physical teams, they're going to play defense, low-scoring games. They want to hit you in the teeth, which I like. I, I, I was at Wilcox, beside the quarterback play was terrible at the Cal games Friday night. The defensive play in the Pac-12 has improved greatly. That's why Chip Kelly's getting smashed. Like, Chip, some of these teams are playing defense, buddy. You, you might want to, this isn't just about offense, 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 offense. 2019, let's adapt. Recently started listening to your podcast after Colin, you are my next go-to. Love your stuff. Appreciate it. What are your thoughts on the Bills after their game against the Pats yesterday? It wasn't for a special teams error. They held Brady to nine points, and I believe they outgained him on offense and time of possession. Although Josh Allen looked horrid, would have loved to see if he had any more magic in the fourth quarter. You're right. I mean, he didn't get to play in the fourth quarter, and he had some magic there. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm rooting for Josh Allen, but his accuracy was atrocious. I still feel really good about the Bills team. They just need to continue to be patient and let Allen keep growing in the position. I'm telling you, they have to feel very, very good about themselves. I'd have to pull up the Bills schedule, but they've played the Jets, they've played the Pats, they played the Bengals. So I don't think, if memory serves me correct, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, I don't think they've played the Dolphins yet. So they still got a game against the Jets, they got two games against the Dolphins they're going to compete to win nine or 10 games. Like the Bills are in the playoff mix. That much is clear. Their defense is elite and they can run the ball. And if Josh Allen isn't playing the Patriots defense, which probably beside the Bears is the best defense in the league, you can give me all the stats you want. I'm just saying fantasy points, both those two defense crushes it. The Patriots defense fantasy-wise is dominated. But I, I think we'd all acknowledge that the Bears and the Patriot defense, the Bears have a little more, more impact players. The Patriots just play so well as a unit. It's like, how are they doing this? But they do it as a group. I, I I think that, you know, I think the Bills can win. I, I think worst case scenario, win nine games. If Josh Allen can play better against better teams beside the Patriots and just win a couple games, like he can't turn the ball over. You can't play playoff level teams in these low scoring affairs, which the Bills are going to play in. The Bills aren't going to play in these Kansas City Chiefs Tampa Bay Buccaneers, L.A. Rams, 35-plus shootouts where, you know, if their defense just gets a couple stops, they're going to win 40-24. to 24. They aren't going to play in any of those games. They're, they're going to play much more like the Bears. But the Bears have some more offensive weapons. But when the Bears get screwed is when Mitch turns it over. If he does not turn it over, they are tough to beat. If the Bills do not turn it over, they are tough to beat. But you can't have a quarterback turning the football over. You just can't. Player empowerment is a form of capitalism. Still disagree with it? Question mark? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind if if players get paid in college, their likeness. But I, I also think Gavin Newsom and LeBron James making a big deal about this. 
Like I live in the state of California. We have a housing crisis. We have a homeless epidemic. We lead the country in poverty. Like these are real issues. There is a small, small, small percentage of Division I college athletes relative to the population in the state of California. I've been to USC, been to Cal, been to, players are living pretty good. We also have information from the FBI in basketball specifically. They get paid a premium, as in six figures, the top basketball players. And for the most part, the state of California is a pretty pro-heavy state. Beside USC football, maybe UCLA basketball, I know at least the two Stanford and Cal up here mean nothing. No one talks about them. It's not a big deal at all. So, yeah, I don't. you want to make your money after likeness? I, I don't care. But that for the governor to get involved in it when we have major, major issues. Like, people cannot afford to live. Like, we have a legitimate homeless crisis in L.A. and the greater Bay Area. Like, they're everywhere. It's, it's sad to see. People have nowhere to live. And yet, we have people getting richer and richer and richer. And LeBron James, who's been in California for 10 minutes trying to get on his high horse talking about something like he also is like taking credit for this movement. People have been talking about players getting paid forever. Also players have been getting paid forever. It's called under the table. I know this, if someone's offering you a hundred grand under the table and someone's offering you 150 over the table, I pay taxes. I just got a property tax bill. I almost threw up in my mouth because I've always paid it through an escrow account through my mortgage. I finally canceled that. My mortgage went down, but then I realized I got to pay the property tax. It's pretty big. <laughs> uh, so like LeBron, we got other issues in the state, my man. Like, I get it. You, you think all these basketball players, like a Cal, the Cal basketball team, I think, won like five games. Stanford hasn't made the tournament in years. These guys are like, yeah, good luck. Maybe become an Instagram influencer, I guess. This, is, this isn't Alabama football or Duke basketball. We're, and we know in college basketball, these players get paid under the table. A lot of money. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Which I'm, I'm for. I'm fine with. Doesn't bother me. Like, I'm not the one, I'm not pounding the table here. They shouldn't get paid. I don't care. But they already do get paid. Can we acknowledge that under the table? Like we have factual evidence. The FBI acknowledges it. People have gone to jail, which is stupid. But like the players have been getting paid forever. Long before I was born, they'll be paid long after I'm dead. Legally and illegally. Question. But I just don't care about the NCAA rules. I, don't, I, I, I laugh at the NCAA. I hate the NCAA. I also think overreacting. Also this law in California doesn't go into effect till 2023. California's, to, to think that they'll figure this thing out is laughable. We figure nothing out beside how to make money in business. That's what we're good at around here. And collecting our taxes. Question. People talk about John Elway's failures at the quarterback position. When I look at the team overall, I don't really see much talent except for two or three positions. If Fangio can't get this defense to dominate, I feel like it probably doesn't have much talent overall outside of maybe three players. Is it just the quarterback position or actually many positions that Elway has drafted poorly? Well, they had a devastating loss today in Bradley Chubb. I mean, losing him to a torn ACL is... If I was a Bronco fan, I'd cry. <laughs> now, you'd cry anyway because you're 0-4, but that's probably your second best player beside Von Miller. I would cry. You could argue it might be your best player now that Von's a little older. That sucks. The Broncos aren't shambles. They're 0-4, and they're not just like an 0-4 like the Redskins or the Dolphins where you're like, they just suck. I mean, they've been in now three of the four games. Like, oh, they're right in it. Hell, they should have beat the Bears game. They were up in the Jaguars game, and they just can't win, man. They just cannot win. And I don't know if it's all Flacco, even though Flacco threw a terrible pick in that Jags game at the end of the first half, which led to some easy points. 
like you said, the defense, if Fangio can't get the defense playing, I mean, Leonard Fournette had 225 yards on the ground. Leonard Fournette. I, I like Leonard Fournette, and I'm more high on Leonard, Leonard Fournette than most people, but 225 yards? This is the NFL. When you're at home and you're the Denver Broncos, you should never have a 200-yard rusher. That's that's inexcusable. So, yeah, they, Broncos are in shambles. Is John Elway safe? I, I Just some internet rumors, like the Reddits and just the internet streets, the Twitter streets. It feels like he's kind of on shake your ground with every day that passes. What if they win two or three games? Are they going to draft a quarterback? Is Drew Locke the guy? I don't know. Time will tell. Appreciate everyone listening. Three and Out Podcast, share with your friends. Adios, my people. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.